Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 195 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. 195 is a 29-story building on Broadway in the financial district of Manhattan, New York. It is the long. It was known as the long-time headquarters of American Telephone and Telegraph, as well as Western Union. Hence, it is often known as the Telephone Building, Telegraph Building, or Western Union Building. In today's show, Alois is going to telegraph you some great answers about trajectories, returning serve, serving like zoos in, and getting the ball toss right. That's after we have a discussion on the ITTF World Junior Championships and Alois clears up a fact from his This Day in History. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeffrey. And yes, let me correct my fact from Friday first. So, Sir Ralph Freeman was the designer of the Sydney Harbour Bridge, not the Opera House. And thank you for those people that uh, that picked me up on that. Um, I had Harbour Bridge written down. I had Harbour Bridge in my head. And then I said Sydney Opera House, you know, just brain fade. Yes, we've got a lot of smart people out there, Alois, picking you up on these facts. You better get them right. Yeah, I know. That's good. That's good. Keep on, keep on the ball, you guys. I like it. And um, one of them was Glenn O'Day. So there's Mark Taylor, Glenn O'Day. But Glenn O'Day also gave me another interesting fact, Jeff. So really? he, said, he said when Sweden plays Denmark, the abbreviation for Sweden, S-W-E, versus Denmark, D-E-N, spells Sweden. So it's S-W-E-V-D-E-N is Sweden. But if you also take the leftover characters, so from Sweden, so we've got S-W-E, so the leftover characters are D-E-N, and we take the leftover characters from Denmark, which is M-A-R-K, you've got Denmark. So there you go. So we've got S-W-E-D-E-N and D-E-N. M-A-R-K. Interesting fact. Thank you, Glenn O'Day. You know, that is actually quite interesting. It is. <laughs> That's right. You, have, you almost have to write it down just to uh, just have a look at it. But yes, we'll write it down and show it to you in the show notes. All right. Sweden versus Denmark. Like it. All right, Alois. Um, well, while we're on a roll, let's just go straight into what happened on this day in history. Oh, this day. Oh, yes. Um, 1874, the birth of Winston Churchill. There you go. Are you sure it was Winston Churchill? Uh, Could have been Winston. Could have been, you know, um, Barack Obama. Who knows? One of those world leaders. Okay. Alice is claiming that uh, it was the birthday of Winston Churchill. There you go. On the 30th of November, 1874. Yeah. Check it out, people. Make sure he's right. Okay. (laughs) All right. Now, over the weekend, Alois, the ITTF World Junior Championships is um, on. What is happening? Yeah. So uh, the World Junior Championships in uh, France and they've got the teams event and an individual event. So it's a pretty big week. So um, started on um, the 29th, which is yesterday, and uh, finishes on the 6th of December. 
So started up with the um, teams events, and uh, what they do is the top eight teams get uh, a buy into the second round of groups. Um, the other twelve teams have to play off um, in groups against each other. So um, had actually had an interesting match with uh, Australia and the US in the junior boys and the US getting on top three nil. Um, so that was an interesting result, but Australia went down very close to the Czech Republic, who um, who were, were seated a, a lot higher. Um, and yeah, really good match with uh, the Czech Republic winning three two in the end um, in that match. And um, in the in the girls, let me just have a look at uh, some interesting things in the girls. So the US doing well in the girls um, had a very easy win um, to start off with. Three um, nil, and they look—they actually look good. They—they uh, they beat Canada um, first up with Crystal uh, Wang winning three nil against Alicia Coat. Uh, Prachi Ja beat uh, Justina Jung, and Amy Wang beat Isabel Jiang. So, um, yeah, so some interesting results to kick off, and then the big boys and big girls um, kick off uh, in the second round of groups after that. So um, lots and lots of great table tennis uh, coming up in that. Um, it is um, on uh, ITTV as well, so you can get some live streaming of that and uh, and have a look at the, the next up-and-comers. So China, obviously, the, um, the favourites in both the boys and girls. But interestingly, no Japan. So I will need to check up why Japan isn't playing in either the boys or the girls. And by the looks of things, they might actually be the number one C, uh, number one world-ranked team. So um, I am not sure why the uh, Japanese teams are not playing in the World Junior Championships. Um, yeah, let's. Uh, if anyone knows the answer to that, let me know. Okay, interesting. Um, but, yeah, great to watch um, the young players that are going to be coming through and, you know, going into the seniors shortly. So jump onto ITTV and watch some of the World Junior Championships. Fantastic table tennis. All right, Alois, yesterday's well, – well, it was actually uh, Friday's Ping Sills question of the day was – um, a two-part question for premium members. What's the best part of Ping Skills premium membership? And for free members, what would entice you to become a premium member? Yes. Um, so I'm just going to uh, look those up because I didn't prepare those. But I will um, I will have a quick look. And there, there wasn't a great deal of responses. But um, here we are. Um, so, yes. Um Howard, um, oh, sorry, Eugene said the free newsletter every week and uh, having get to ask questions and use the vault. So Eugene really likes those features. Um, and for the premium, he said, um, have more information about being a better table tennis player. I wish I could have it. So, um, so yes, it does. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, save up, save up the pennies and, uh, and perhaps uh, try to get onto that premium membership as well. Um, uh, da, 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 da. and yeah so that was that was basically as i said not a not a huge response to that one so yeah, yeah. and there was actually um a response on the blog alice as well but um yep. we can have a look at that on another time yeah all right 
Moving on to today's Ping Skillers question of the day, Alloys, which is, who is the most famous person that you share a birthday with? And no, that doesn't include yourself, okay? So jump on our Facebook page and let us know or jump on to the Ping Skills website and let us know who is the most famous person that you share a birthday with. All right, let's get into the questions, Alloys. Um, first up, I want to talk about trajectories. And Ilya has asked a question, which is, how does the trajectory of the ball affect the amount of spin on a loop? If I want to do a really spinny stroke, should I take the ball as late as possible when it is falling? Yeah, so the amount of spin and the trajectory um, aren't necessarily related. So you can have a lot of spin on a faster, lower ball, or you can have a lot of spin on a slower, um, higher ball as well. So it's not really the, the trajectory. It's the contact of the bat on the ball that determines the amount of spin. So if you... Um, brush the ball really heavily upwards, you're going to get a lot of spin, but it's going to have a high trajectory. If you brush the spin more forwards or make the contact more forwards there, you're still going to have a lot of spin, but it's going to be um, a lower trajectory. So yeah, it's not really the trajectory, but the effect, I suppose, is a lot um, different. So if that ball is lower and faster, it's going to come out of your bat faster as well, which means coming out, it's going to go more forward. Whereas the slower, spinnier one is going to kick up more because there's more spin, less speed. Um, so the effect on your bat when you block that ball will be different. But um, yeah, but you can have a lot of spin on both the slow, slower spinny ball and the faster top spin ball as well. Okay, excellent. All right, good question, Ilya. Now, a quick one from Brian Alois. He says, why is it that rain drops but snow falls? Ah, very, very interesting. If anyone knows the answer to that, let us know. Why does rain drop and snow fall? I like, yeah. A deep thinker, Brian. Good question. Uh, you're probably going to get more sensible answers with table tennis questions uh, on the show. That's what Alois knows about <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask him about facts. He sometimes gets them wrong. Um, no, <laughs> disdain history. Just joking. He'll he'll give you good disdain histories. All right. Let's have a little bit of a discussion, Alois. Chris says, how can older beginners overcome their lack of mobility and speed? Yeah. So, um, and we, we have a lot of uh, players on ping skills that start the game when they're a little bit older. So I think the, the most important thing is firstly is to just make sure you, you're getting your techniques right of your strokes. That's, that's really important. But then if you are a little bit older and if your mobility is, is less and some of, some of uh, you won't be, but if you are in that type of bracket where you're older, your mobility's um, a little bit slower, the, the most important thing is to then start to think a little bit more strategically about what you're doing in the game. So you don't want the faster type of game because <clears throat> by playing faster, the ball's going to come back faster. They can start to um, outmaneuver you. Um, so it's a little bit more about thinking about where you're placing the ball and the speed of the ball. If you place the ball a little bit 
more into the central corridor, it decreases the angles that uh, your opponent can get. Um, if you play, if you start playing wide, then your opponent might be able to play wider to you because their mobility is going to be might be better. They can move and then play wider to you. So thinking more about just playing that ball more into the centre corridor. A lot of the older players, again, you know, um, that have slowed down physically might want to think about um, playing with a slower rubber as well. You know, the the classic is that um, a lot of players go to the long pimples in the end. But first up, especially if you're beginning, I think it's important that you learn with the inverted rubber, so a normal um, normal rubber, um, so that you're getting the strokes correct. Just get that technique right. Um, push yourself to see how much you can actually move and how fast you can move. Um, you can also think about trying to build that ability up, you know, by by doing some strength and conditioning work, by um, by by getting a little bit fitter with your speed, um, which it, again is possible. Same as you're trying to improve your your table tennis skills, you can improve your fitness levels as well. So. Yeah, there's all those things um, to have a think about when you're um, starting the game a bit older. But um, first up, always critical, think about technique. Secondly, then you can start to think about strategy of what you're trying to do um, with slowing the game down. Perhaps if your mobility isn't as fast as the players that you're playing against um, and, um, and also thinking about playing a little bit more centrally. Yep. Absolutely. Really good advice, Alois. And um, yeah, I guess, you know, table tennis, as we always say, is a game where any age can play it. So um, that's what makes it great. And, um, you know, thinking conversely, you know, there's all those younger players out there that hate playing against the older players that are a little bit more wily and, um, and think a little bit better and, you know, might slow the ball down. And a lot of the younger players are just used to that fast um, fast play of, you know, top, uh, top spin, top spin, counter hitting, counter, counter spinning. Um, so if you can slow the ball down and change things up a little bit, um, then you'll have success too. Certainly. All righty. Next question is from Sathya who says, Hi, coach. Can you show me how to return an aggressive backhand spin? Yeah. So so when, when someone plays an aggressive shot at you or a fast shot at you, the... The, the important factor is how much time do you really have? The, if you've got less time, then the best option is to just block the ball. So you haven't got time to be playing a full stroke at it. So what we do is we just put the bat at the ball and try to find the correct angle. So it, a block stroke um, is a very small stroke that you don't need much time for. So it's a block or a block here. If you have a little bit more time and, you know, sometimes even though they've played an aggressive shot, you're in position, you've read the ball early and you can just put a little bit of topspin on the ball or just um, come through with that with that stroke a little bit more. So the more time you have, the bigger the stroke you can get. Um, when, you're, when you're trying to receive that um, faster ball, um, firstly, make sure that you're watching carefully. If you're watching really closely, then that will give you uh, give yourself the best opportunity to see the ball and the best opportunity to react quickly as well. So, so watch the ball carefully and play your stroke according to 
how quickly you're in position and how much time you've got. Block if you haven't got much time or you can count up with a little bit of top spin if you have got a bit more time. Yeah, certainly. And that shot where you counter with a little bit more topspin alloys is a really difficult shot, but as you progress, you'll get better at it. And what I've noticed is that the top players in the world now are using that a lot more than they used to, say, 15 years ago. Yeah, and the game's really developed in that area. You know, um, just players' ability to, to firstly move a little bit faster and to to then make that counter topspin ball rather than just blocking. I mean, you very, very rarely at the top level see players just blocking now. Yeah, yeah, certainly. All right, next up is a question from Yap who says, how to do this serve by Zhu Zin? It looks like a pendulum serve, but I think it's not really a pendulum serve. And he wants to know, is it a good serve? Yeah, so um, we've got the links there um, that we'll uh, put up on the um, show notes as well. So you can have a look at these two serves that um, Yap's talking about. So all Zuzin is doing is he is just changing up the angle of the serve a little bit and he's changing the the, the, um, the follow-through on the serve. So by doing that, the the serve is looking different, but it's basically a pendulum serve, you know? So he's starting here, he's doing this, he's got this fast action and he's and he's making good contact, whether it's backspin or sidespin or topspin, doesn't really matter, but he's making that contact and then he's got a slightly different um, follow-through, which is adding to the deception. So if he's always doing this, always doing this action for backspin or sidespin or topspin, then his opponent starts to get used to that picture. So they see this, they know backspin. So all he's doing is he's doing this and he's changing the the follow-through a little bit, changing um, the way that the serve looks. And, and to you, Yap, the serve looks like it's different. It's not a pendulum serve. Basically, it's a pendulum serve just with slightly different actions, which makes it more deceptive. And that's what makes it harder for the, per- the person trying to receive that as well. It, um, I mean, it's something that you can experiment with. You know, first, though, when you are doing your service practice, make sure you are just getting that contact right. Get the contact, get the contact. Make sure you, you've got the action correct. Make sure you're generating enough spin. Then, once you are generating enough spin and control, then you can start to think about changing the the follow through. Um, I, I see a lot of players trying to do too much with their serve um, too early, so they try and do this fancy action. But what's actually happening is they're getting a flat contact, so they're not getting any spin. So they, then there's no effect. Um, you, you must make sure that you're getting the action, the contact correct, and then you can start the flourishy things like zoos in. Okay, gotcha. And again, great advice. Get the basics right first. Um, if you're not generating lots of spin on your serve, then you're not able to get that deception. So, yeah, get that right first, as Alois said. All right. Now, Jean-Paul asks, and this is related, Alice, how do you get lots of spin on your serve? And then how do you keep your palm flat for when you do the toss? Because I, I always either do a foul or have to search for the ball, which is ideally avoided. Yeah. Yeah. So, John Paul, yes. So, so we just talked about um, generating spin. So the, the important things about generating spin are to get a 
fine contact on the ball. So if you contact the ball flat like that, you're not going to get any spin. So by brushing the ball, whether it's this way or this way or this way on the side or that way on the side, doesn't really matter. But you need to have a fine contact on the ball. And then once you've developed that contact, you can also think about getting that contact faster. So if I contact the ball slowly, I'll get some spin. If I contact the ball fast, poor. I get a lot of spin. There you go. And the ball flies everywhere. Excellent. All right. So fast brushing contact is what you need to generate spin. All right. Now, what about the ball toss, Alois? Okay. The, the ball toss is a little, is a little uh, trick that you can do. By putting your thumb away, you develop a little bit of a um, groove in your palm there. So if you have it completely flat like that, or like that, um, then there's nothing to hold to keep the ball steady and the ball can move around. If you just open that up a little bit and cup it slightly, then you, you've got a, a groove in here that you can rest the ball on. So then the ball rests quite um, easily there. So in that position there, you've got good control. You can do basically whatever you want um, to the ball. Okay, that's the, and that's flat enough for the rules where it says you have the flat palm. Yeah, that's that's definitely flat enough. So it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be like that. Um, yeah, you can just have a nice um, little um, little cup in there where you're resting the ball. And then the the second part is then you need to think about how you're going to throw that ball up straight. Um, a good little trick that we've um, shown people before is put a piece of paper on the floor. Um, where you want the ball to land and just throw the ball up and see if you can get it to land on that piece of paper on the floor. Yeah, excellent. And it doesn't take long with that exercise just to get the feel for it and starting to get that ball toss uh, exactly as you want it. Yeah, exactly. And um, and yeah, just, just, keep, just keep experimenting. But, you know, practice, again, is the key. So first up, get a nice little cup there to rest the ball on and then practice throwing it up and landing it on that piece of paper. Excellent. All right. Thanks for the question, Jean-Paul. All right. Well, that wraps up show 195. Thanks everyone for watching. Make sure you jump onto pingskills.com and sign up for our free account where you'll get access to all our strokes and techniques videos, plus be able to ask us questions, lots of great things. So get to pingskills.com and thank you, Alois. Thanks, Jeff, and um, we'll see you tomorrow morning, closing in on show 200. So if you've got any ideas, let us know. Um, and uh, also keep up to date with the ITTF World Junior Championships. You're going to see some great table tennis there. Certainly. Bye, everyone.